favorite times of year is the fall because you have opportunity uh, to see the changing of the season. Um, it starts a new fresh time of year, September, October, November. Uh, it's planting season in a lot of ways. If you're having tr trouble with your, your lawn and your grass, if you want to just plant some new seed to strengthen it, you know that in the spring you're going to reap a harvest. And so the same is also true in the spiritual realm. Uh, the Bible teaches us that there's a time for everything on the sun, a time for sowing and a time for reaping, a time for planting and a time for harvest. The scripture says in the, in the Old Testament, as long as the earth exists, there will be seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest. And so uh, this season that we're in right now as a church, we're moving into a time of a series where we're going to be teaching on the principle of sowing and reaping. And my topic this afternoon is it's planting time. It's planting time. Sowing and reaping uh, is a principle of scripture, as I mentioned. I want to encourage you to live your life based on principles. Because principles are eternal. Principles don't change. And so the Bible is a, is a book of principles. It's not based on emotions. It's not based on opinion. It's based on the word of God. And here in this passage, Jesus is teaching to a group of relig religious people, non-religious people. There's all kinds of people in the crowd. How many know that in any given crowd, you're going to find all kinds of people? And so here, Jesus, there were his disciples, people who loved him, who followed him. There was also skeptics in the crowd. There were also haters. There were curiosity seekers. There were those who were just there to, uh, you know, find real answers to their problems. And so I want to just be careful what kind of crowd you hang out with because you never know who's in the crowd, by the way. But here we are in, in Matthew chapter 13, and we'll find our text for our teaching. Number one, verse one says, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat on it while all the people stood there on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the, pl the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good ground where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Let's stop there. So Jesus taught in parables because everyone weren't following him for the right reasons. He taught parables so that uh, those who were following him, his disciples, can find the true meaning 
and the, the outsiders would not. Here we have four types of soil, which represents four types of hearers. I submit to you there's four types of hearers in this room today. First of all, there's the path. The path was hardened ground created by people who would take a shortcut to their destination. And so the word preached is not understood by the hearer and it doesn't have the opportunity to germinate because imagine if you sow your seed, uh, you know, in your path and people are just walking through your garden constantly, stepping on it, stepping on it, it's not going to have a chance to grow. Then there's the rocky ground. The rocky ground speaks of those who hear the word with joy and after hearing the word, they, they, they don't stay rooted in the word when trials come, adversity comes because they have no root. Their roots don't go down deep. And so if you're not rooted and grounded in God's word, if you're not rooted and grounded in the house of, house of God even, when trials and adversity come, you will be easily slayed, easily rooted up because you're not rooted and grounded. I want to encourage you to stay rooted in God. Get rooted in God's word. Get established in the word of God. And so the thorny soil represents someone who hears the word, but the cares of this life. The distractions of this life, they're involved in so many other things. They're worried about their problems, their, their job, their bills. They're distracted by, uh, you know, people, social media, Instagram, Facebook. There are all kinds of distractions. They're, they're trying to get rich. They're doing everything. And so the word of God takes no place in their life. But finally, there's the good soil, which represents someone who hears the word, understands it, and it produces fruit. 130 or 60 times as much. I pray that you're that good soil that God is looking for, that good soil. And so we're teaching the topic of sowing and reaping over the next four weeks so that your faith can be built up to believe God for a huge harvest, a huge harvest. Are you ready? I don't, how many people are ready to reap a blessing in 2020? How many people are ready? Listen. How many are believing that the next three months, the last part of your year is going to be better than the first nine? I believe that God wants to, yes, God wants you to finish well. And one of the ways that you do that is by sowing into your future. If you want the year 2020, if you want to reap a harvest in 2020, you have to sow now. You can't wait till next year. Now it's planting time. Repeat after me, it's planting time. And so what is so great about this timeless principle? Number one, everything starts with a seed. You've got to get this. Everything starts with a seed. Can you say that with me? Everything starts with a seed. See, when, when Jesus was talking, he knew his audience. He was talking to farmers. It was an agrarian society. And so he would explain these parables in language that they could understand. And so, uh, you know, farmers understood that everything starts with a seed. A farmer didn't dare sit on his porch and just wait for, you know, seeds to, to grow uh, without planting seeds. He wouldn't sit there hoping, well, I hope we have a harvest this year, Mabel, I hope something happens. No, he recognizes that they must plant. A farmer dare not pray for the harvest without first planting seeds. The principle of prayer does not compete or replace the uh, principle of sowing and reaping. Both are necessary. 
See, a lot of people wondering why they, wonder why they're not receiving the blessing from God when they're asking for him to bless them in prayer because they're praying without sowing. I'll say that again. Because they're praying without putting seed in the ground. It's like a farmer who, who prays for rain before he has put seed in the ground. I love what Pastor William McDowell said. He puts it this way. Rain only matters when there's seed in the ground. Are you with me? Rain only matters if you have seed in the ground. When, if you don't have seed in the ground, rain is just a nuisance to you. Like it, it is, come on, like it is right now. But, but, but if you have seed in the ground, you say, oh, I'm so glad it's raining. Or, My seed is getting water. Come on. So how many, how, listen, rain only matters. I love that song. I wish I could, I had my band up here because he, he, would, he would just, you know, William, it was so powerful the way he would say, rain only matters if you have seed in the ground. And the band would play. You know, I don't know if you know the song. Rain only matters if I have seed in the ground. And the choir would sing. And they would say, I got seed in the ground. I'm expecting a harvest now. I've got seed in the ground. I'm expecting a harvest now. Yeah, you like that. You're clapping, but, but do you have seed in the ground? Come on, somebody. Come on. I want to know, do you have seed in the ground? Look at your neighbor and tell him, do you have, ask him, do you have seed in the ground? Now, now look at him again. Tell him it's planting time. It's planting time. It's planting time. Everything, everything starts with a seed. We just dedicated three babies. Three babies just dedicated. You recognize every one of us is in this room. You're here because of a seed that was planted in your mother's womb. Jeremiah said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. God knew you before you were created. You're an internal being, but that's a different message. But anyway, everything starts with a seed. The principle of sowing and reaping applies to every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8 says, Do not be fooled. You cannot cheat God. People harvest only what they plant. If they plant to satisfy their sinful selves, their sinful selves will bring them ruin. Watch this, listen. But if they plant to please the Spirit, they will receive eternal life from the spirit, whatever a man sows, whatever a woman sows, that will he also reap. Whatever it is, good or bad, good or bad. Your seed are your thoughts, your words, your actions, your time, even your money. We're reaping today what we sowed yesterday. 
And so I, I, I'm, I'm careful about what I sow. I'm careful about what I sow with my words, what I sow with my, my actions. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, sow a thought, you will reap an action. Thoughts lead to actions. Sow an action, you will reap a habit. Sow a habit, you will reap a character. Sow a character, you reap a destiny. But it all begins with a seed. I don't know if you're familiar with the mighty Sakuna trees. They, uh, or the, known as the redwood trees that grow in California. They're over 350 feet tall. They grow to over 350 feet tall. Look at that massive tree. And are 24 feet in diameter. Look at that. They come or they start from tiny seeds. These tiny seeds, a sequoia seeds, come from this cone. That's what happens with any kind of seed that is, I want you to see that seeds that you sow can grow to be something massive in your life. Whether, amen, whether, <laughs> whether good or bad. Some of us have our uh, 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 Trees that have been sown in our lives that need to be uprooted by the power of God. And so you need to recognize that seeds can be sown for good or for evil, but sow seeds that will reap the kind of harvest that you want to reap. Everything starts with a seed. So far we've learned everything starts with a seed. Number two, seeds have life. Seeds have life. They have an innate ability on the cellular level to produce a crop based on the life that's in them. The life of whatever it is, of that tree, of that fruit, it's in the seed. An apple seed produces apples based on the seed that is planted. If I take an orange, take the seeds out, I plant it, it's going to produce oranges. It's not going to produce Grapes is going to produce oranges. Likewise, if you plant kindness, you'll reap kindness. If you plant uh, 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 hate, you'll reap hate. If you plant violence, you'll reap violence. If you plant ugliness, you'll reap ugliness. If you plant meanness, you'll reap meanness. If you plant love, you'll reap love. If you plant generosity and grace, you'll reap you'll reap grace. I don't know about you, but I want to plant love. I want to reap love. I plant mercy and grace. A lot of times people will, well, why all these things happen to me? Well, perhaps you're not planting the right things. John 12, verse 24, and Jesus said this, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies... It produces many seeds. Jesus was speaking of his life, that he was going to uh, die as a seed to reap uh, the blessing of many souls thousands of years later. 
And so seeds grow when they're put into the ground and die. Life comes out of them. There's life in that seed. A seed can be thousands of years old. You could have things that you had, were believing God for years ago, and you're still waiting for it to reap. Some of you have, have given up on things that you've been believing God for years ago. There may have been a word of God, that, that you, a promise of God that you uh, were standing on and believing God, and it hasn't come to pass, but you gave up on it. I came this afternoon to tell you, don't give up. You will reap if you do not faint, the Bible says. Don't be weary. You will reap. That word of the Lord, that prophetic word that might have been spoken to you when you were a child, when you were dedicated as a young child, that word that was spoken over you, I want you to know your destiny will be fulfilled in God. That seed that was planted will germinate. That seed that you planted in your daughter's life, your son's life, praying for your child, for your grandchild, and you believe in God for a miracle. I want you to know that that seed will come to pass because the word of the Lord is like a seed that falls into the ground and dies and it produces fruit if you will water it and we will not give up. The oldest plant ever generated came from a, a seed that was 32,000 years old. 32,000 years old. A Russian team discovered that, uh, that uh, uh, a seed cache of this flowering plant in native Siberia. They reasoned that the seeds had been buried by an ice age squirrel. And radiocarbon dating confirmed that the seeds were 32,000 years old, yet they still were able to germinate and bring, this, bring forth this plant. I want you to know that seeds have life. Seeds release their life once, once, once planted. The Judean date palm tree referred to as Methuselah because it's as old as Methuselah was sprouted in a laboratory in 2005 from a 2,000-year-old seed. These ancient seeds were found in the 1960s in the Masada Fortress on the edge of the Dead Sea in Israel, and through carbon dating, they turned out to be around 2,000 years old, dating back to the days of Jesus. I want you to know that the power to bring forth life is in the seeds, and seeds have life in them. And I came to encourage you today that it's time for you to believe God. What do you want God to do for you in 2020? What do you want God to do for you before the year is over? Plant seeds. Plant seeds of faith. Plant seeds of, uh, of actions, deeds, time energy, whatever it is you're believing God for, even your words, your words. The Bible says power, the, 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 that uh, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I want to encourage parents, parents, be mindful of your, your words as you're raising up your children. It's been said that a child who lives with criticism uh, will learn to condemn. A child who lives with hostility he learns to fight when he's older. A child who lives with fear 
learns to be apprehensive. A child who lives with jealousy learns to feel guilty. A child who lives with acceptance learns to love. A child who lives with, with approval learns to like himself. A child who lives with fairness, he learns what justice is. A child who lives with love learns that the world is a wonderful place to live in. Why? Because power of life and death is in the tongue. The seeds that you plant in the lives of your children shape their destiny. So I want to encourage you, parents, speak life as you're raising up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Bless them with your words. Bless them. Even though their actions make you want to bless them. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bless them. You know, Jesus would, the Bible says Jesus brought the children, they brought the children to Jesus and he laid his hands on them and blessed them. He spoke words, well, words, uh, uh, words of life over them. The word blessing means to speak well of. It's speak it even though it's, it's, it doesn't look like it's going that way. Uh, speak life to them. Bless them. You can do anything. You're wonderful. You're gifted. You're talented. You have a purpose. You have a calling. You have potential. You're smart. You're beautiful. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. <laughs> My granddaughter, uh, uh, Gianna, if she was here, she'd run out of here if she heard me say that, because I'm always joking around with her. Ever since she was a little girl, I used to, you know, you know, kid around with her, and I would say, Gianna, come here, come here, Gianna, come here. She said, what, Poppy? She says, you is kind, you is smart. She said, you is important. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's planting time. Everything starts with a seed. Seeds have life. And finally, as I begin to close, seeds solve problems. Verse 8 says, still another seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop of 160, 30 times as much. Seeds solve problems. When a farmer reaps, he's able to feed his family with the, the, the earnings from the harvest. When he reaps a harvest, he's able to send his kids to college. When he reaps a harvest, he's able to uh, buy uh, uh, equipment. And when he reaps a harvest from his seeds, he's able to sell his, his uh, crops and, and, and ends up in supermarkets so, so that you and I are blessed. When he reaps his harvest, uh, you, you see tremendous blessings that take place. And he's done it with expectation. And so as we're preparing for this time of year, every year around this time, we give you an opportunity to sow a generous seed so that you can reap a harvest. And so it's a time of sowing and practicing the principle of sowing and reaping. So on November 16th and 17th, the, week, the weekend of November 16th and 17th, I'm asking you to plant a, a generous seed into your church and expect to reap a tremendous harvest in your life. This is an opportunity uh, for you to uh, get involved in advancing the kingdom of God and the work of the Lord and reaping a blessing as well. I'll say that again. It's an opportunity for you to advance the kingdom of God and the work of the Lord and receive a blessing as well.
Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6 says, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe even both. So the Bible encourages us, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know what the God is going to do. What does that mean is you don't know how God is going to bless you. You know, the world has a saying, even those who don't even believe God, they say, you know, what goes around comes around. You've heard that? What goes around comes around. Well, the principle really is more, it's, it's more solidly founded in Scripture. If you sow, you will reap. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measured, pressed down and shaken together and running over. It's a, it's a principle. And so... But you don't know what God is going to do. As human beings, we want to know, well, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to, you know, I need you to bless me on my job, but I, how are you going to do it? I need a promotion, but how are you going to do it? Uh, Lord, I need a house uh, uh, for my family, but how are you going to, you know, if I give to your work, how are you going to do it? And, but God does not tell us the how. How many of you know that? He just asked you to trust him, to trust him. I'll never forget how early in, early in our marriage, my wife and I's marriage, uh, we went through a period of time where we were struggling financially. And we got, got ourselves in a lot of debt in the early years of our marriage. And we didn't know how we were going to get out of it. We didn't know how that we were going to dig our way out. We didn't know how we were going to make it. And then shortly after joining Christ Church, I remember coming to a prophetic meeting where a, a prophet of the Lord uh, prayed for us. And he says, I see you. Now, we, were, we weren't members yet. We were just, I mean, we weren't pastors yet. We were just members a few months. And I, I see you years from now uh, preaching and teaching. You're going to be elders in the house of the Lord. God is going to use you to preach the word, the two of you. And uh, but I see the financial struggle that you're dealing with that. Uh, but the Lord says you're going to give your way out of debt, says the Lord. And I'm looking at him like, are you what? I'm going to that doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's, you know, it's like an oxymoron. How am I going to do this? But the Lord says, don't try to figure it out. Just trust me. And we began to give and give. God enabled, as God gave us seed to sow, we began to trust him and sow and challenge our faith, many times by faith, even when, it didn't, even when it didn't make sense, even when people thought we were crazy. And the Lord, all of a sudden, we began to see things shift, and God opened the windows of heaven and, and blessed us in ways that we, we, I can't even imagine, uh, I don't even have enough time to tell you all the stories and the testimonies, there's not enough time in this one sermon, but uh, I can tell you that the Lord has not only blessed us, but our children. And uh, uh, it's all because, I believe, all because by God's grace, we were able to honor him and put him first. Can I say to you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added unto you. Trust God, trust God, trust God. And so somebody in this room needs to know that your seed is your answer to your miracle. Your seed is your answer to your miracle.
Jesus was teaching and they had run out of food. It was getting late. He was teaching the 5,000. Actually, uh, if you count the women and children, scholars say it was more like 25,000 because they only counted the men. So there's 25,000 on the Sermon of the Mount. And it was getting very late. And then the disciples said, send these people home so they can go and buy food somewhere. And, and Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. And he said, well, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. They took this five loaves and two fish, which was a little boy's lunch. They put it into the hands of Jesus. Jesus blessed it. Listen, when you put anything into Jesus' hands, he blesses it. He multiplied it, and it fed 25,000 people, and they had 12 basketfuls left over. And so whenever God blesses you, whenever God gets involved, God always gives you more than enough. How many know that? How many know him to be the God that is more than enough? I don't know. I've discovered, I don't know about you, I've discovered that it makes a difference whose hand it's in. For example, if uh, some bread and fish in my hands is just a fish and chips meal for one, but in Jesus' hands... It feeds 25,000 people. Why? Because it makes a difference whose hand it's in. A rod in my hand can just chase a big dog. But in Moses' hands, it parts the Red Sea. Because it makes a difference whose hand it's in. A rock in my hand is just a skip across the water. But in David's hands, it brought down a giant. Why? Because it makes a difference whose hand it's in. A basketball in my hand is just $30 worth of rubber. But in Jesus', in LeBron James' hand, come on, it's worth $450 million. Why? Because it makes a difference whose hand it's in. A golf club in my hand is just a big stick. But in Tiger Woods' hands, it's a master tournament victory. A nail in my hand is just an amateur attempt at carpentry. But in Jesus' hands, it's life for the world. Salvation for the world. Why? Because it makes a difference whose hand it's in. Some spit and mud is just, in my hands, it's just a dirty mess. But in Jesus' hands, it's new eyes for the blind because it makes a difference whose hand it's in. Some money in my hand is just a few dollars. But in Jesus' hands, it's a seed to unlock my miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, seeds solve problems. If you believe it, give the Lord praise right now. Can you believe? Yes. Everything starts with a seed. Everything starts with a seed. Seeds have life and seeds solve problems.